Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, and Kyrie Irving will be New York Knicks next season. That's my guarantee to the people. And down goes Frazier! Auburn's going to win the football game! Auburn's going to win the football game! Curry, way downtown, bang! Bang! Gives it to Jenkins for the championship! Welcome to episode one of the Real Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Settleman from Real underscore Sports on Snapchat, the largest sports Snapchat in the world. With me today is my longtime best friend, Abe Granoff. Abe, say what's up to the people. What up? What up, Real Sports fam? Excited to get this podcast going. We got a lot of good content for you guys. We're going to debate a lot of controversial topics in the sports world. We're going to have a lot of fun with this. We hope you guys stick around. Awesome. So for everyone coming from my snap, the special player of the night is Mike Scott, Philly legend. Abe, tell the people about your uh, your affiliation with Philadelphia. You mean the Hive, Mike Scott Hive? But uh, a little background for the, for the fans out there. Um, I grew up right outside of Philadelphia. I'm a diehard Philadelphia sports fan. I'm having trouble watching this NBA Finals right now, knowing that we were just four bounces away from most likely hanging a banner um, in the Wells Fargo Center and parading down broad. But you'll probably hear a lot about my sports takes in regards to Philadelphia, especially Mike Scott. Um, He had a huge impact with us this season. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited to get this going. What do you say, Jack? All right, let's get it started. Uh, Before we dive into recapping Stephen Curry's Game 3 performance, the greatest performance I've ever seen with my own two eyes, even I run even I are gonna run through our player comps who we would be in the NBA I'm gonna give Abe his first I give him a Joe Ingles a lefty sniper a do-it-all hustle guy who brings the team together Abe who do you who do you think I most compare to Jack um I know you're you're not a huge huge Lakers fan that being that you are a LeBron James hater but here's one for you. I'm going to give you Lonzo Ball. You know, I've been growing up with you my entire life playing basketball. You've got that lanky frame of yours, just like Lonzo. You see the floor pretty well. You're always looking to make your your teammates happy first and make the right basketball play rather than doing what's best for you. And uh, I think your player comparison would really be uh, Lonzo Ball. I mean, I don't hate that because he's a young he's a young guard who apparently has potential and a ton of trade value. I believe you told me that Lonzo uh, could get traded for like the seventh pick to the Bulls. I said that's crazy, but I appreciate the high praise. For my own player comp, I'm giving myself Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Go on. Did you, wait, let me ask you a question. Did you did you did you hit the bar before this game? You to throw back a few I, shots. I wish, but it's listen. It's our podcast. I I'm gonna give myself an all star rating, and I'm I'll Russ. Start. I'm Russ because I am tenacious. I do it all, bored up, 
great passer and will take the big shot late and most likely will bank it in. And you know that from experience. Who's your player comp? Bank it in. You really think so rather than just chuck it off the backboard. But anyway, um, I'm not a huge fan of this guy, but you asked me to give myself a player comparison. The only person that really came to mind is Draymond Green. You know, Draymond, what is he known for most? And that's his hustling. You need a guy like me on your team. I'm going after the loose balls. I want to guard your best player. I want to make the right play for my team. And most of all, I want to win. Now, do I have a better shot than Draymond? Obviously. The guy shooting, yeah. he has a backpack on his back. I forgot to think. The guy cannot shoot for anything. I, I do think I could beat him in a three-point shootout. But style of play, I think I most likely relate to Draymond. I'm doing a little bit of everything. I might not be the best at one thing, but I'm doing everything extremely above average. So I'd go with Draymond because you really, if we think back to this Warriors dynasty, they're not really doing it without him. Would you agree? I agree. And you're not, look, you're not winning much without me. Let's just be honest. All right, let's move. You know we're a love-hate relationship, but I'd put you on my team any day. So yeah. that's why I have you on the pod, and that's why uh, we're going to get this thing rolling. So. One last thing for the Real Sports fam. If you message me on Snap, the name Mike Scott, the player Mike Scott, I will add you and follow you back. So that is the for listening to the pod. All right, let's hop into the Game 3 NBA Finals recap. Uh, Abe, what was the final score? Raptors won by the score of? I believe 114-103. You're probably going to have to fact check me. I mean, that game got out of hand pretty fast. I was, yeah. I was trying to put into the world to make sure what's going in, on in my neighborhood. Um, Final score, 123-109. 123-109, um, 14-point game from a six-point underdog. You got to love to see that. You do. And the Raptors take a 2-1 series lead. Steph Curry tonight was – Steph Curry, I mean, let me was, interrupt you. Steph Curry, my friend, he learned tonight firsthand – what it has been like to be LeBron James for the past X amount of years. He was, and we can easily agree with this, by far the best player on the court. He was doing it all, and shockingly, he was doing it on the defensive end as well. He was pulling down boards on offense. He was dishing the ball out. He He shot at a fantastic clip, and you know what? It wasn't enough because of the pieces around him. Now, I know Clay Thompson was out. I know Kevin Durant was out. I know Kevon Looney was out. I know maybe Iguodala was out or banged up, but I don't want to hear that. We're playing basketball in June. Um, I picked the Toronto Raptors to win the series in the beginning of the series because I thought overall they were the better team. And I know that a lot of players were out tonight, but we truly saw the Raptors' depth at its finest and how it compared to the Warriors' depth. And they gave that up. They said, we want to go out there and get Kevin Durant, and by all means it worked out. But you sacrifice your slogan in strength and numbers, and you lose a little depth, and it came back to bite them in the butt tonight. And I think the Raptors are in a great position. Um, I said no matter what, they were going to go back to Canada tied 2-2. It happened to be 2-1 after 3. So we'll see what happens. What do you think about tonight's game? I mean, if we're giving Steph the comparison to LeBron, I think that just says something about Steph. And something I really want to point out is, uh, well, he played pretty much the whole second half. They pulled him when they were down 17 late, uh, never gave up. And I thought it was a really cool moment late in the game. They're down 12 with about two and a half minutes left. There is, whether or not you think Steph's the best player in the world, 
I think he no, is. No, 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 no. Let me cut you off. Nobody on planet Earth thinks that, but continue. I think he's the best player in the world. But not to get into that right now, there, but you cannot tell me that there's a single other player in the world that you, that people are on their feet cheering and believing that there's even the slightest chance that they could come back. Steph's the only player in the world because of his shot-making ability and he can change the momentum in a game. Like, LeBron is excellent, but down 12, two and a half minutes left, he can't, like, he's not hitting five threes and they're not getting stops like that. Um, so I just thought that was cool to point out. But because we're starting this pod in the middle of the finals, let's just let's just give the uh, Real Sports fam our what our finals predictions were before the finals so that they can kind of get up to speed. So you start. I'll start. That's, that's a pretty good start knowing that I'm, I'm on a good track right now. Um, let me just start out by saying that, as I've mentioned earlier, I'm a huge Sixers fan. Um, I'm also a huge LeBron fan. So if you put two and two together, I hate the Warriors and I hate the Raptors. So <laughs> this entire series has been painful for me to watch. Now in the beginning of the series, as a, newly discovered sports podcaster, I was forced to make a pick. Um, and I chose the Toronto Raptors, and I chose them in seven games. The reason being is because, as Jack can attest to, I've been on the Toronto Raptors side the entire year. As you could see in the past four or five years with DeMar DeRozan, they were right there. They just saw their kryptonite was LeBron James. And what did they do in the offseason? They got rid of their best player. They got a way better player in Kawhi Leonard, who I view as the second best player in the Green. Danny Green had six threes tonight. Danny Green played tremendously, and it shows to his finals experience that him and Kawhi had, which is part of the reason why I picked them. Um, they weren't an inexperienced team like they've been in the previous years. LeBron had moved out of the East, and as you can as you can attest to, I've been big on the Raptors the entire year. I said whoever was coming out of our series between the Raptors and the Sixers were going to go on to make the finals and potentially win the finals. Um and I'll, I'll be honest, most of the reason that I picked the Warriors to lose the series is because I do not believe that Kevin Durant's calf injury, we can put quotations around calf, I know you guys can't see me, um, is not a calf injury, in fact. I think it is an Achilles injury. I think it's way more serious than we think. And he will not be playing this series whatsoever, which is why I picked the Warriors, I mean the Raptors, to win in seven games. Because if you look at the Warriors' history without Kevin Durant, Okay, what do they do? They, they're, um, they won a championship. They did so with Matthew Dellavedova being the second best player on the Cleveland Cavaliers, and LeBron took them six games. The next year, they came back and lost. They blew a 3-1 lead. And then Draymond went out to the parking lot after game seven that they lost. He, he worked up the tears a bit, gave Kevin Durant a call, and, hey, let's bring one of the top five best players in the world to a team that just won 73 games and knocked you out of the conference finals when you had a chance to close it out at home. Um, So to me, the Warriors really haven't done that much without Kevin Durant. That's not to take away from their greatness, Stephen Curry's greatness, Steve Kerr's greatness, Draymond Green's greatness, et cetera. But I viewed, I live in the moment and I viewed the Raptors as the better team. And that's why I took them from the start. Yeah, I mean they especially with the KD injury, they they are a mess. So my finals prediction was Warriors in 6, which honestly, I'm feeling great about. I know you're fully in on this train that KD's not coming back. I think he is going to come back. I hope it's for tomorrow night cuz I I do think they'll need him or sorry, for Friday night for game 4. Um, but 
With that being said, who's winning the finals MVP race right now? Obviously, Steph's leading all scores. Kawhi's averaging about 30. And can we just address um, who, who your finals MVP pick was? My finals MVP pick was after game two, Sir Fred Van Fleet. But that was more of just an in-the-moment pick. Uh, if you're talking realistically, Kawhi Leonard is hands down the MVP. Kawhi Leonard is the second best player on planet Earth. He is the type of player, and I was a victim of this tonight, where I looked down in the first half and I said, wow, Kawhi's not playing that well. What's going on with him? I think he had nine points or something. And then I looked up with about seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, and the guy's nine of 16 from the field with 30 points. I mean, there's not much more you can say about that. Um, And now that the Raptors have a two-to-one lead, I think Kawhi Leonard is far and beyond ahead because we all know if you win the finals, you're going to get the MVP because LeBron deserved it a couple years ago, and Iguodala got it, but we can go into that another time. That being said, if it was 2-1 in a different direction, um, I believe that before this game, Draymond Green was the MVP. For Yeah, that, that combo's all over after tonight. I mean, Draymond was – he actually finished decently, 17-7-4, but if you watch the game, he was – he's the reason they lost the game. He was horrific. Uh, He was horrific tonight, but I'm talking throughout the first two games. I mean – he was the saying, most consistent for them. 47-8-7. Steph scored 23 in Game 2 and 35 in Game 1. Like, it's it's Steph or Kawhi right now, depending on who's leading, totally like agree. you said. Totally agree. And I think it's just a matter of the race to the end. I mean, you think about it. If, if Draymond puts together a few good games, Clay gets back, takes away some of the scoring load from Steph, you never know. He could be all over the place and get himself right back in that race. But – um. I think we can both agree that Kawhi Leonard is clearly the MVP of the Raptors right now. Yeah. And so I know you don't think KD is coming back, but hypothetically he comes back and he averages 35, 8, and 5, and they win three in a row. Let's say Steph you know, continues to score 27 a game. Who's the finals MVP? Is three games enough when Curry kind of carried them? You know what that that's a good question, but at this point, um, there's such a narrative in the NBA about how Stephen Curry can't get it done in the finals. Um, he's never been an MVP, despite clearly being the engine of the Warriors. So if that's the situation, um, I feel like voters are going to give Steph more of the sympathy vote and send it his way. But something I noticed tonight that I wanted to bring up was how the Raptors defended Steph Curry. Um, in my opinion, the way this game went, the Raptors should have won by 30. Um, clearly they were out. Clearly the Warriors were outmatched. They didn't have anybody. Their bench was brutal as, as they are in general. Um, but if you're, if you're the Raptors, why aren't you throwing all the length in the entire world at Steph Curry on that pick and well, roll? Who's the you saw a lot of Danny Green and Kyle Lowry, but in my opinion, if you're throwing Kawhi at him, I understand Kawhi is hobbled, but it's basketball in June. The guy's on the floor. He's healthy. He's going to play. If you're throwing Kawhi Leonard at him, which I haven't seen him guard Steph Curry much, he's going to give Steph Curry a fit to get his easy bucket. And I just don't understand why they haven't made that move yet. Um, And I think that's a a lot of the reason why Steph Curry has thrived, because he's going against these smaller defenders and can do a little bit more. So I'll have to send you some clips, but Curry actually was seeking out – it was incredible. He was seeking out Kawhi. Kawhi, like – cannot keep up with him laterally in this series because of the It's the length, man. It's the length. I know, but he was blowing by him. He was drawing fouls. Van Vliet actually gave him the most trouble earlier. That's fine, dude. You live, you live with Steph Curry. Don't you live with him 
pump faking going past you for a layup. I mean, you take away the let him beat you with twos, man. Yeah, I mean, but then he had forty seven tonight, and from two, yeah, he's eight for se- eight for seventeen. But um, so that's kind of a good transition into free agency. And I, as you know, I want to make my claim and guarantee on episode one, and that is that CAC, aka Kevin Durant. Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving. Stop the recording. Why? I just don't want to hear this. This is absurd. (laughs) Let me finish my claim. Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, and Kyrie Irving will be New York Knicks next season. That's my guarantee to the people. All right. That's your guarantee. Well, to all those listeners out there, I need you to do one thing. I need you to make a Twitter or go on the Twitter that you already have. I need you to tell your mothers that have a Twitter. Tell your fathers that have a Twitter. Tell them to make a Twitter. Tell them to follow at, what is it, Jack? At jsettleman23. That's Jack's Twitter, at jsettleman23. This guy had the audacity to tweet. I think it was before the lottery, was it? It was after after we got the third pick so we could trade Barrett for eight. Right, 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 right. He has the audacity to tweet that, that they're going to get Kyrie, AD, and Kevin Durant, which is three totally independent moves, one via trade, two via free agency. He has a guarantee that they will get all three, and if you retweet his tweet, he will give you a free $20 if it doesn't happen. That's a zero for $20 bet right on the spot from jsettleman23 on Twitter. Go out there, retweet it, blow up this man's Twitter. Let's put him in debt for the rest of his life. (laughs) All right. So let's, I mean, let's just talk about it though. Obviously when we recorded two days ago, um, when we were getting ready for this, it it sounded a little better before Stephen A comes out today and is saying Kyrie is going to the Nets. Kevin Durant's now going to the Nets. I personally Obviously, I'm very uh, bought into this team, and I'm going to kind of get scared. Figuratively and literally, why don't you tell the fans uh, your little investment you made this past summer? So this past uh, winter, I purchased Knicks season tickets. I live in New York City um, with hopes of potentially flipping them for a nice profit, uh, dependent on signing these three stars or any stars. So I'm not only emotionally invested, but monetarily very invested in the yeah, team. Middleton and DeMarcus Cousins will really sell those tickets for you, buddy. I mean, they'll sell them better than Trigger and whoever the hell we have left. But I, I really wasn't phased by the rumors. It's just the next two weeks are going to be extremely hectic. Once the NBA Finals end, that's when I'm going to start getting serious rumors. Because once KD can start having open conversations with other free agents and stuff starts to leak out, that's when I'm truly going to believe stuff. The people that are reporting are on Stephen A, who said uh, two weeks ago he was 95% sure that KD and Kyrie were coming to the Knicks. And then like Rick Buecher, who has been just absolutely known, he said Lowry was going to the Heat years ago. Like he's absolutely slandered a bunch of free agency moves. So I'm still pretty confident. Uh, What your biggest kryptonite is with this whole KD thing? Um, Your biggest kryptonite about all these rumors surrounding KD are the rumors themselves. Um, the more the narrative that's become in the media about Kevin Durant is going to the Knicks, the more he's asked about these things in interviews and the more he gets pissed off. And we all know how sensitive he is. We all know how he is on social media. And I think that this this bubble surrounding him the past, I don't know, five months about how he's a lock to go to the Knicks, all of his businesses are moving there. He just bought a 
property there. It's it's only hurting the Knicks' chances. And I mean, I'm going to ask you a question. Can you give me basketball reasons why Kevin Durant can go to the, should go to the Knicks? Not can should should go to the Knicks. I mean, to me, there's there's one other spot that makes sense for him, it, and it is Golden State. Like he wouldn't go to the Nets. You wouldn't go to Brooklyn to play with like Dela and be like a four seed. And then you're not going to do a Clippers because you're not. You know he will not live in LeBron's shadow. Like I can get. But, 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 but what is the what is the all right? Let's take no. So the most recent report that came out was Brooklyn, right? Right. Okay. To go with Kyrie. Forget Kyrie. What what basketball incentives does the Knicks have that Brooklyn doesn't? Brooklyn has a better young core. They have a way more competent organization. A way more sane, competent owner. Yeah. I mean, we all know James Dolan. That for you, it, in it's been the narrative the whole time. The only notion behind wanting to go to the Knicks is the fact of it's in the Manhattan market, and he could thrive there as a businessman and become a mogul, and maybe bring the Knicks back. But he's not doing that alone. We we all agree on that, right? But that's that's exactly the answer to your question, which is the reason he would go there for basketball reasons is to play with another star. And that's why I also think that the Knicks would unload literally everything they have for AD. You have those three, you automatically, no matter, I know it's you could have the same situation as the Warriors where if a guy goes down, but Kyrie, AD, and KD, you put those three together, we're automatically the favorite to win it all. And then I don't even think the Knicks have the best package available for AD. Maybe the third, fourth best. I'm taking the Lakers ahead of them. I'm taking Boston ahead of them, who we've heard Danny Angel give them a call about. It's just a matter of the offers to them up. And people are talking about the Clippers making a move and pairing him with AD or KD out in LA um, in the Staples Center with each other. So I don't even think the Knicks are up there. They're young talent. It's probably, I'll give you. I'll give you a. I'll give it to you. Mitchell Robinson is probably the best prospect, in my opinion. I don't think Frank. Nick Tilakina, whatever the hell his name is, screw him. I don't think he can walk and chew gum at the same time. Um, I'm a big fan of Alonzo Trier, but and, and Kevin Knox, but these guys have done like nothing. So no, they're far. not good. Lakers young talent is way more impressive. Literally, I think the only thing the Knicks have going for them is the Mavs picks that they acquired in the Porzingis trade. You have RJ. So this is these are the teams that are in contention for trading. I don't see the Clippers as a viable candidate because AD is not committed to staying there long term, right? He's only committed to Boston if Kyrie's there. And the Celtics have already about that, dude. I don't think I don't think you're right. I think it's a market thing. I think he just wants the big market, whether it's no the Clippers, sure. the Lakers, the Knicks, or the Nets. I don't think he cares about which team. What do you mean? Shams has already been talking about his preferred location. But anyways, the Celtics, we really need to stop talking about them. Kyrie is so out the door there. And they said they're they're building around Tatum and Brown. They're not going to give him up for AD for a year. So that literally leaves the Knicks and the Lakers. And who can offer a better deal? Probably the Lakers. But there's two, there's two things to keep in mind. One, they have to empty the bag because the Knicks are going to empty that clip. If KD and Kyrie look at Mills, and and Dolan and everyone in charge in New York and say, give us Anthony Davis or we're not signing here. You think they're not giving up every single thing in their bag? And the Lakers have shown they're not willing to do that this offseason. They no, try. I don't, I don't, dude. I don't think I don't think they have to give up as much as you're saying. I'm telling you. I think the Lakers' young talent and young core between any combination of Lonzo Ingram. I know Ingram has a lot of scares health wise with these blood clots. Um, Hart and Kuzma. I think those four are hands down the best four four young talent players. 
are the Knicks and the Lakers. But they haven't shown a willingness to trade all four of them. That's my. They point. tried selling house at the deadline. What are you talking about? I no, I know. And now this summer they haven't, and the Knicks will. But I, I think I think I think you're talking way too early, dude. I I think you're getting way ahead of yourself. Well, that's I, the whole point it, of it. The NBA Finals isn't over. We still have. What three and a half weeks until free agency? Three weeks until the trade? Yeah. Nothing's gonna come out until the finals are over. Well, but the fact of the matter is, Lakers' young talent blows out the Knicks. We both know that. The only thing the Knicks have going for them are the picks that they acquired from the Mavs, and who knows how good they are now that they have Luca, who's a goddamn stud, and yeah. Chris Mavs coming back. Well, the one thing that you're forgetting, at, and it's not the biggest discrepancy, but RJ versus Culver, it's known that the top three picks are valued much higher than the fourth and below. I agree. The drop-off between the three and the four, I'm a huge fan of RJ Barrett. Um, I think that it incentivizes the Pelicans' young star in Zion to to want to succeed with a guy that he grew up playing with. Or by grew up, I mean this one past year in RJ. But I do think that that is a big drop-off depending on who goes for, whether it's um, Culver, DeAndre Hunter, Darius Garland. Um, I think all those players can be fantastic. It's just a matter of what position, what uh, situation you put them in. I don't want to get into it fully, but I kind of think we can almost agree that the most ideal situation is AD to the Knicks and Beal to the Lakers and then find I mean, another. I think you remember. I think you can tell our listeners – what exactly I texted you the second the lottery came out. I said, Lonzo in the four for Bradley Beal, send it. Bradley Beal is the second best option in the NBA, in my opinion, to pair with LeBron behind Clay Thompson. What does LeBron need? He He's a ball-dominant player who likes to create for his offense. You need a sniper for him. You need a Bradley Beal. You need a Clay Thompson out there. I think it's the- that would benefit the Wizards and the Lakers. You give LeBron to, a chance to win a championship in his four-year contract window. And I think that's a move that needs to be made. Um, whether, And then who knows? If AD really does want to go out to LA, he'll go out next year. If he wants to stay with the Knicks, more power to him. God bless him. I mean, that organization is a goddamn dumpster fire. I like how you already – I convinced you AD to the Knicks. Um, I right. tweeted your tweet, so I'm waiting on my Venmo. True. So the normal schedule for this podcast is going to be recording Sunday nights, dropping Monday, and – uh, recording Wednesday nights, dropping Thursday. And so the Sunday to Monday podcast will have a Monday mailbag. But for our first episode, some of the Real Sports fam asked some questions that we want to get to real quick. The first one was from Stephen D. Smith 22. He asked, Who's your rookie of the year for next year? So the Morant, Zion, RJ, uh, Culver draft. Who do you have? It? Steven, shout out all the. Shout out to you. The answer is Zion Williamson, and you're a fool if you try and disagree. You're just trying to be trendy, and I, chances are I hate you. Um, the only reason to pick against Zion is because you're trying to be trendy and different. The guy is an athletic freak in nature. He's going to come into a good situation. In my opinion, the Pelicans might not even trade Anthony Davis. So hypothetically, they keep him. Um, you pair him with a veteran point guard, all-NBA defender, and Drew Holiday. You give him a good situation. I think we can agree that Alvin Gentry is a great coach. I mean, he rallied this team in the second half of the year amidst all the AD rumors. And I just think that the Pelicans are going to be way more of a force in the West, whether they make the playoffs or not is a different story, than the Memphis Grizzlies. And my second pick would be Job Morant on the fact that he will be used a lot in the offense. That's why Trey Young was such a prolific candidate for Rookie of the Year, even though I don't think he will win it. 
Um, he was just used so much and he put up the numbers for it. But in the end of the day, you're just, you're, you're just trying to be fun if you're picking against Zion. I mean, there's no reason he shouldn't be. We've seen it in college all this year. He can dominate anyone athletically. We've never seen someone such as a physical specimen as himself, and that's my pick for rookie of the year. I mean, you know that all my predictions are kind of tying itself to each other at this point, but I'm going with Morant because I think RJ is going to be in New Orleans with Zion, taking away from each other. They'll kind of combat the rookie of the year race. They'll still both be great. But I I see a similar situation to what you mentioned with Trey, with Morant in in, uh, Memphis. I just think he's going to be high usage and just an example tonight, Steph was so high usage that he scored 47. That's not to take away from how incredible he was, but the NBA is tied to minutes and usage overall. And I just think Morant is the most NBA ready. I think he can fine tune his jump shot to make himself like a 30, 33, 35% three point shooter, which will give him enough uh, of a threat to drive and kick, which we saw in the tournament. So I'm going with Morant. I don't think anyone outside of those three has a real chance. Let's say the Knicks completely bust. I could say I could see RJ uh, being the most NBA ready. I don't know, man. Well. I don't know. The Sixers brought in Carson Edwards out of Purdue uh, today <laughs> for a draft workout. You catch him playing off ball with a passer like Ben Simmons. I don't know. I love Carson. You guys would be lucky to have him. So uh, going kind of into the Sixers is Jackie – MCD42, he said, who is the best center in the league? I say it's Jokic. We know what your answer is going to be. I, I mean, the, the answer is simple in Joel Embiid. I mean, the only thing, the only point you can hold against him, in my opinion, are the injuries and the usage out of him. I mean, he has probably played, what, 60% of his regular season games, maybe less since he's joined the NBA. Which I didn't care about until he sat out playoff games. That's when it all changed. Games are game. Can you can you repeat that? Uh, wait, 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 wait. What happened? We won that game, right? No, but he set out multiple games, meaning he was completely inefficient and looked horrible on the floor. I mean, you have you ever tried to play with diarrhea? I mean, if you guys, if you guys, if you guys had had not even a healthy, not even like a great, but just how about an efficient Embiid? You're probably up two one in the NBA Finals, and I hope that burns because. You want to have the best center in the league, then you should probably have your guy show up for a playoff series. I mean, bottom line is we've never, in my opinion, since Olajuwon, we haven't seen someone like Joel Embiid. His skill ability. Dwight. You got to give credit to Dwight and Shaq. Yeah, I mean, whatever. But I'm talking about even beyond the perimeter. I mean, it's a new NBA, so it's different. And don't get me wrong, Joel Embiid has a lot of work to go. Um I think he's a future MVP candidate. I mean, he'll most likely be top, what, seven, six, I don't know, this year. But who really cares about outside the top two or three? Um, But, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind Joel Embiid is a top – he's a way better defender than Jokic, um, way more dominant. I think we can both agree on that. I think the only thing that Jokic has on him – and don't get me wrong, I sound like a Jokic hater because of this, and you're making that the narrative with our listeners, but I am not. The guy is a tremendous passer. Tremendous passer, tremendous scorer. Uh, he can do it on all levels. All He can shoot from the perimeter, inside the paint. But he's just not nearly as dominant. And, and when you look for an NBA center, you, you want that dominance. You want that inside presence. And yeah. I think if Joel Embiid – you know what I want Joel Embiid to do? We saw what Jaleel Okafor 
God damn it, go vegan. I would never <laughs> do it. I would never do it personally, but like Joel had a great year. I mean, he slimmed down. He looked good. He can. He was versatile. Joel Embiid, he looks sluggish, and I think so much of his weight is attributed to his injuries because he's powering through so much weight down up and down the court continuously. And the guy plays rim to rim. I mean, it's tough. You remember Dexter Pittman? He went to Texas and then was on the Heat. He was like four hundred pounds, and he like. He literally could not make it up up and down the shout court. Out, shout out University of Texas, Jack's alumni. Let's shout out the tremendous con- um, accomplishment by the football team getting their getting their <laughs> highest GPA in team history with an astounding 2.89. So let's just throw that out there. Congrats, Jack. What about when we do college football previews and I guarantee Texas to the playoff because that's also we'll happening. We'll get to that later. But what, anyway. Um, but – Anyways, you mentioned yeah, or sorry, you mentioned Embiid for MVP in a year or two potentially. So that leads us to our final Monday mailbag, even though it's Wednesday night or officially Thursday morning. Uh, from a Noun 04, who's the next to take over the league? And let's, a let's just Anoum, 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 Anoum. And just to set parameters on take over the league. I mean as the face of the league, not necessarily only the best player, but marketing-wise, and just like the guy. You talked about the NBA. You know the guy. It's been LeBron for eight to ten years. Yeah. It was Kobe before him. Uh, I don't who, – who do you think bridged the gap between Kobe and Jordan? I don't really know. Between Kobe and Jordan? Um, I mean, I'm gonna, no real players. I'm going to say Allen Iverson just as a fan. I mean, he changed the face of the league with the dress code. The guy could straight up hoop. He – he brought a an ABA team to the NBA Finals in one game one. I'm just going to go Iverson. But to your question, who is the next face of the NBA? As in, who is the next the next guy? Who is the LeBron James that's next? The answer to your question is the guy that we're watching right now in the NBA Finals in Kawhi Leonard. Um, I was say Fred VanVleet. Get the fuck. Get out of here. Um, I mean, Kawhi Leonard, his – his progress that he's made since he's been drafted, he wasn't a lottery pick. He came out of San Diego State. The guy, he wasn't that great of an offensive threat. He started from the inside out, and now he is one of the most efficient scorers in the NBA from all three levels. Not to mention he's the best defensive player in the NBA. And I know you want to you want to talk about, oh, he's got no personality. Oh, he's quiet. He doesn't talk. His no personality is no personality. You have that certain shtick when you're, when you're in the NBA. And, and we, we, we see it with him. It's just his thing. You don't have to be this this outgoing, outrageous guy. You just got to get business done on the court, and then people will talk about you off the court. That's all people care about is results. In my opinion, Kawhi Leonard is the second best player in the NBA uh, with KD right behind him. And then I think he's 100% the next player up. Um, wherever he may sign in the next, he's going to get his full max max contract and then go from there and hopefully it's in a big market and not overseas in Canada. So I don't have to see him in the Eastern conference playoffs, but in my opinion, it's Kawhi Leonard. Did you hear uh, like the reports from his past teammates on like him in practice and stuff? Board man, board, board yeah. can get paid. But if he was having a rebound, he'd say, give Stop. me that. Or board man, or board man. Man. Get Dog. The, I guy's mean, a, the guy's a robot. It's crazy. It is. Did you see, did you see what happened pregame with Norman Powell? What happened? Norman Powell's trying to dap him up, and at first it's like, oh, maybe he doesn't see him, and then he like looks Norman straight in the eyes and just points to the tunnel and is like, let's go. 
Bro, I just just want to know what reaction any other player in the NBA would have had if he hit that shot that Kawhi hit against the Sixers. That it just Kawhi, he did react. Yeah, he he screamed, and because God. Uh, um, I'm proud of him for that and it's hard to hate him because he doesn't really do anything wrong Yeah, and he made New Balance his cool so you know my answer my answer is Giannis I think he's going to come back this offseason and do something that another particular point forward isn't going to do which is work on his jump shot and I think he has just embodied this I love basketball I'm this European creature which could be tough to become the face of uh, an American league uh, but he's the most dominant. He's the Greek freak. And I think Giannis, I've heard from, you know, higher ups in the league. Yes, I'm quoting like the 10th percent owner of the Sixers. That's your team. Um, but he said other people in the NBA have referenced that Giannis will be a top five player. He said this two years ago. Giannis will be a top five player. And I said, yeah, I, I, I can see the potential is. in that. But let me finish. And then he said, Ever. That's what NBA execs and GMs think around the league. They think Giannis will be a top five player ever, which is the highest of praise. And I know that's a lot to live up to, but I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world. If he adds a jump shot, it's kind of with what we say about Ben Simmons, if they add a jump shot. But Giannis is way past Ben, and if Giannis adds a three, stop it. Forget about it. But anyway, it's funny. I want to bring something up. It's funny you just um, talked about uh, NBA execs, didn't you, about their opinion? something yeah but wasn't Stephen a's report about Kyrie to the the nets and katie following him based off what he heard from nba execs yeah wow. and like i said it all this comes is, full circle now i see this is more of an opinion on a player versus just uh Stephen a spewing that, rumors that, that, and that is blasphemous now, I'm going to hop on the pod the day we get them and just play his rant. This is a beautiful day. What's it, What's he saying? Stephen A., you know, I'm voting. I know we all see in the, in, uh, in the news today they're looking for a new voice for Siri. God damn, give it to Stephen A. Yeah. Him or just like Kawhi laughing at all oh. times? All right, we're getting tired. Game three recap. I have the Warriors, obviously, on Friday night. I have Steph winning finals MVP, and I still have the Warriors in six. Abe has Raptors in how many games? I got Raptors in seven, but I think I do think Clay comes back next game, and I think the Warriors get it done, and we go back to Toronto tied 2-2, and then the home team will take it from there out. I do not think Kevin Durant will play a single game. I'm riding with Kawhi Leonard as the MVP. I'm riding with the Raptors in seven. It pains me to say this. But I do know that we're getting Jimmy Butler back. I hope we're getting Tobias Harris back. I know we're going to run it back. And by God, the league should watch the hell out. And the Knicks will win the Eastern Conference next year. Thank you so much for listening to episode one. Make sure you subscribe to the Real Sports Podcast. You can find me on Snapchat, Real underscore Sports. A shout out to our sponsors and a shout out to Blue Wire who is producing and putting together this whole podcast. If you guys have any questions, hit us up. Thank you, Real Sports fam. Signing off. We'll catch you you later, boys and girls. Have a good night.